Welcome in, everyone, to yet another edition of the Disney List. Don't forget the Disney List is made possible by people like you. All you have to do is click and support us using our little support tab, the little button there at anchor.fm forward slash the Disney List, like our number one fan. She's large and in charge. We're talking about Lindsay. So thank you, Lindsay. Appreciate you helping out the Disney List. Other ways you can help out the show is by liking and subscribing to our content on YouTube, all of our podcast platforms. And you don't have to do that. You just choose one, <laughs> all right? Like and share, subscribe, and leave us those reviews. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, iHeartRadio. There's so many of them. So name your poison because it is Halloween. I could say name your poison, pick your poison, and subscribe to the Disney Liz podcast. Another great way you can show your love and support is when you're booking your next Disney trip. Kristen, they can contact you. Where can they do that? They can email me at themeparksandcruises at gmail.com. Indeed. Do it. Do it. Please. It's like the emperor. Do it. And another thing you can do is also click on our affiliate links for Amazon. People shop Amazon all the time with the holiday seasons. And of course, this past Amazon Prime Day, you could have clicked our link. It wouldn't have cost you anything, but by clicking our affiliate link, it does throw some money into the tip jar as well. So that's really important. So we appreciate you doing that. So before you hit amazon.com, click our link here in the show notes for the Disney list. We've got an awesome show lined up for you. It is Halloween time. We're talking about our top 10 most favorite Disney animated villains. So with that said, let's get on with the show. The following is a production of the Sorcerer Radio Network. Imagination, huh? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Broadcasting from the Tiki Room Studios in Music City. It's the Disney List. The Disney List. You've got to have characters that the audience, the viewer, the reader cares about. What makes a hero? What's friendship? What's the idea of sacrificing yourself for something larger? With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. Disney List on Sorcerer Radio with your hosts, Kristen and Al John. Welcome in, everyone. It is another edition of the Disney List like Star Wars, Marvel, Disney Parks, Disney Films and Animation, you've come to the right place because every week, my co-host and I, we knock them down, ranking, listing your favorite top tens, some of our favorite top tens, it could be top 10 resorts, could be top 10 attractions, could be top 10 live action films, but this week we have a very special Halloween themed edition of the Disney List. My name is Al John Go, lifelong Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars fan, podcaster, joined by my lovely and talented and illustrious co-host, Miss Dining at Disney.com, Kristen. Hello. Hello. Kristen, you are looking very, very Halloween-y today. Thank you. I actually used my ColourPop, I think it's called Misunderstood. It's their Disney villains uh, eyeshadow palette that they had. Is that right? La- is it last year or the year before? Yeah. But yes. So I have D- Disney villain eye makeup on today. Looks very good, Kristen. What are we covering today? 
we are talking our top 10 animated Disney events. Before we get into that, Kristen, I appreciate the fact that we have awesome, loyal fans out there from day one. This is October, and if I'm not mistaken, this is actually our 11th year on Sorcerer Radio podcasting. Is that right? Yes. <sighs> Hard to believe. Since 09. Since 09. Since 2009. Who would have thought we'd still be doing this? There were times. (laughs) (laughs) There were times for sure. But we appreciate you, especially for some of you that have been following the show ever since we started Tiki Room Under New Management and the Tiki Room Morning Show and now the Disney List. And our other podcast, Kristen, you are, of course, host of your own podcast. And by the way, you have a new show up. this. I do. Dining at Disney. Yep. What did you cover on your show last this week? This week we talked uh, our top five quick bites. So Bubba covered Disneyland and I covered uh, Walt Disney World. And we specifically went with ones in the park because there's just so much to choose from when it comes to food that we thought it would be best to do it that way and then save like a resorts only episode for another time. Yep, absolutely. Um And of course, uh, I also launched a brand new podcast with Disney author and animator Dave Bossert. And the boss and I put up Skull Rock Podcast that you can also check out on your favorite podcatcher. And this last week, we talked about Disney Plus and how the movie business is being affected by the recent, you know, issues that are going on, global pandemic, whatnot. But this week, we also have composer disney composer and just film great music conductor uh mark waters and mark waters had worked on animated shorts for disney and and so many other projects including um uh being chosen by john williams to conduct the disney symphony the uh, star wars symphony which was great if check that out maybe you've seen it come to your city to your town uh, he did like four of those tours um, and was handpicked by John Williams because he is, he's super talented. So if you love music, if you love orchestral music, you love the different soundtracks and things, you're definitely going to want to tune in because he goes in depth and talks about a bunch of different things and working with superstars, working with Disney and the different music and how hard it is to kind of work in the music industry in, in, in the orchestral field and in TV and film scoring, which is fascinating. So we could have talked to him for hours, but that's how it works. That's how it works. Uh, I hope everyone is hearing us okay in our live chat. I'd like to say hello to our good pal, Bobby. Bobby, what's up, Bobby? He just came back from Disney. Hocus Pocus, Sleepy uh, Sleepy Hollow and Haunted Mansion. I know some of your favorite attractions and some of your favorite films. You got to love it. Um, We did cover that in um, last week's Halloween episode. So uh, hopefully you get a chance to check that out. We, we love watching Halloween films and, and horror movies to say that, to say the least. Uh, also Lindsay, she's in the chat as well. Hello, Lindsay. Um, did you finally get in touch with Lindsay? I need to email her. Okay. So we'll, we'll email her. So we have a bunch of news before we go into our big Disney list for this week. Disney news. It's all official. You know, they recently had people from the Disney Parks blog actually vote, Kristen, on what the new lightsaber is going to be in terms of 
Doc Ondar's Den of Antiquities. What cool lightsabers you can build from the lightsaber forge. It's really cool. You don't know this character, and I don't know him very much, but do you want to announce who, who made it in? What lightsaber? Cal Kestis? Yes. yes. So this lightsaber, you can add to your personal collection when it arrives at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge next fall. But that's not all. Doc Ondor, Ondar is very busy working on securing even more legacy lightsabers between now and then, starting with a new Ahsoka Tano legacy lightsaber as seen in season seven of Star Wars, The Clone Wars. These are the first legacy lightsaber hilts that change color and are coming this fall to Doc Ondar's Den of Antiquities at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Oh, I'm so looking forward to that. The cool thing is hers is too. Yes, that's right. So you get so you get banged for double the money, uh-huh. you know, for that. But it's but cool. It's, oh yeah, it's cool. Ahsoka Tano and Ashley Eckstein is like one of our our favorite favorite actresses and, and guest here on the show. So that is amazing. So the other lightsaber legacy lightsaber that's going to be coming is the menacing Sith Lord Darth Tyrannus, aka Count Dooku, and this elegant curved hilt. We'll have a nice flourishing blade, an emitter, which has a little pointy, uh, you know, stabby thing (laughs) at the end of it. And uh, it's very interesting, very cool indeed. So I I love the fact that even through all of this, that we'll be able to get some goodies from Doc Ondor's Den of Antiquities, coincidentally, also available at Downtown Disney. I think they have a Star Wars store that's open that hopefully it'll get those, as well as Disney Springs, the Star Wars store. So. They're making it even better for people that can't attend or go to the parks, an opportunity to pick up some awesome merch. And Kristen, you had an opportunity. You actually gifted me for my early birthday, an opportunity to build a lightsaber. And some of that footage is on your Facebook, which is nice. And uh, what do you think about all these lightsabers coming? I I like the Ahsoka Tano ones. I think that's pretty cool. You are a big fan of that. Uh, I am too. I, I, I just love it. Another thing you want to kind of be on the lookout for is beginning November 6th, new entertainment experiences and dining options and more are coming to the Disney parks. Have you seen some of this, Kristen? Actually, I have not. So um, this, I guess they're going to be doing some... Uh, brand new kaleidoscope designs that'll transform the castle over there, Cinderella's castle at Magic Kingdom. And then they're also going to be doing some festival of the holidays that we love. We love the holidays over there starting November 27th at Epcot as well. And then there are other highlights happening there at the Walt Disney World Resort. Magic Kingdom characters synonymous with the season, including gingerbread men and elves will join Disney characters and cavalcades. Throughout the parks, you know, they're doing those cavalcades where all the characters can be seen uh, since they're not doing those type of meet and greets, different social distance meet and greets. You want to continue on, Kristen? Yeah, it says that uh, they'll be dressed in their holiday finest uh, at Disney's Animal Kingdom, uh, the Holiday Promenade at Epcot, and the Merry Motorcade at Disney's Hollywood Studios. It says Minnie Mouse will host a Yuletide dining experience at Hollywood and Vine, inviting some of her best pals, including Santa Goofy. And then over at the World Show Place at Epcot, Joyful will take guests on a magical journey of holiday music 
uh, Voices of Liberty will use their eight-part harmonies to share songs of the season at the American Gardens Theater. Right on. They're going to, of course, have Christmas trees over at Springs and the different area, Disney Springs, and in the resorts as well. And the Santa Claus will be waving to guests as he makes pop-up appearances at each park as well as Disney Springs and Animal Kingdom, for example. He will be uh, will sail down Discovery River on a special flotilla. So there's going to be more announcements this holiday season made over the next few weeks. So be on the listen, on the lookout for that. I think it's cool that they're going to have snowfall in Disney Springs. So if you're in <laughs> Town Center West Side or the Landing, you can enjoy fake snow. I love it. Nobody <laughs> does holidays like Disney. And I'm just super happy about all of that. Hopefully one day soon, we'll be back at the parks as well. That'll be really nice. I wanted to also say happy Happy birthday to Angela Lansbury. Do you know how old uh, Angela Lansbury is? I do not. I'm going to guess. She's 95 years old, Kristen. Really? 95 I years went, old. I would have been off by at least 10 years. <laughs> I don't know why. I thought she was in her 80s. So Mrs. Potts from Beauty and the Beast, she turned 95 on Friday. Uh, her awards are many, right? She has three Oscar noms. Honorary Academy Award in 2014, 18 Emmy bids, 15 Golden Globe nominations, winning six Lifetime Achievement Awards from the Screen Actors Guild, BAFTA, and the Tony Awards, and then also has a 2000, year 2000 Kennedy Center Honors named the Dame Commander Order of the British Empire in 2014 and inducted into the American Theater Hall of Fame and the Emmy Hall of Fame. Wow, wowie, wowie, wow. And there was some recent photos taken of her and well-earned. We love Angela Lansbury. Um, I know that my, <laughs> this is going to date, date me, but my grandparents used to love Murder, She Wrote. So we, we watched that all the time growing up. And she had a, she's got a huge career, 77 years in energy. That's a really long time. Whew, she, she and Betty White, I think, will probably outlive us all, but. She is one amazing actress, and uh, please. I, I yeah. want to know their their secret. I don't know. She always seems so very happy, you know, and maybe that's what it is. Be happy. Maybe you should just be happy and spread happiness to others, and I know that Angela has done that in her career, and I don't think you're going to find a single person that speaks ill of that woman. She probably has yeah, Probably so many. somewhere. There's always somebody who doesn't like you. <laughs> I don't know who the, those people but are. But I don't think they would they would have too many fans if spoke publicly. Right. On a sadder note, you know, Kristen, there had been more and more layoffs. I believe that other theme parks are starting to lay off more people. And I'm not talking within Disney. I'm talking outside of Disney. Uh, I know that uh, SeaWorld has apparently laid off and furloughed a bunch of people. So the tourism industry and the service industry is still hurting very much. And that said, you know, we talked a little bit last week about how Disney shareholders had wanted to kind of invest more in the Disney Plus platform because the movie theater business is not happening. There were movie theaters shutting down across the world and in the U.S. But according to the breaking news that happened at Forbes, uh, reported by Forbes this week, Disney announced that it will be restructuring its media and entertainment divisions to prioritize streaming. Following moves from NBC Universal and Warner Media as a coronavirus pandemic has shaken up the entertainment industry. So here's some facts. Disney will create content 
for its majority film franchises. Generally, entertainment, general entertainment and sports will centralize its media businesses into one organization responsible for content and distribution and ad sales and streaming Disney+. Plus. So there's a restructuring there and a consolidation there. Uh, Disney CEO Bob Chapek says the creative team will focus on making content and new centralized global distribution team will focus on delivering and monetizing content through all of their platforms. Chapek continues to say, following the Disney Plus success and further plans to accelerate its direct-to-market consumer business. So that means we're cutting out theaters for the time being until things get better, I would think. Disney's programming arms such as movie and television studios will focus on creating content that's optimal for streaming and not just for theaters and TV networks. And the new structure is effective immediately. So last week, activist inventor investor Daniel Loeb reportedly urged JPEG to end its company's annual $3 billion, um, uh, $3 billion dividend to its shareholders to funnel more money, money into Disney Plus contact, uh, content. So... With the streaming wars in full effect right now, Warner Media, NBC Universal, HBO Max with Warner, um, the newly announced Paramount Plus, which is going to take the place of CBS All Access, Netflix, of course, Amazon, Apple TV, the, the struggle is real. And when you and I have to make decisions on what services we are going to stream, I think it's important. That, and, and a lot of Americans are like this, and I can speak for what, what I see. People subscribe, they unsubscribe when the content is. So look at the amount of subscribers that only signed up for Disney Plus when The Mandalorian started kicking off. And then when word hit the street that Mandalorian was such a hot property, everybody signed up for Disney Plus. And then during the time Mulan came in, it didn't really, because you had that extra pay window, it didn't really have a really huge effect. And it, it hurt the film overall, even though... They had high hopes for it. It was a, a roll of the dice. And I think a lot of people didn't, they didn't find that they were going to get more subscribers as a result of having that extra pay tier yeah. to, to access that film. So what do you think about all this, Kristen? I mean, is this good? I hope so. I'm hoping that this means you're going to get more original content on there that you don't see in other places, you know, I mean, Netflix is one of those places. It's been around for a long time. But if you go there, there's tons of movies, TV shows, documentaries that are all exclusive and originally created specifically for Netflix. So it'll be interesting to see how um, how that all works out. Absolutely. Well, it'll be interesting to see how all this works out. At the end of the day, people that win are going to be Disney fans going to be the fans of that streaming media. so uh something funny was released earlier this week speaking of disney streaming you know um the latest season of the simpsons is streaming on disney plus and you know they have the entire marvel cinematic universe kevin feige crossover with bart simpson that's happening on disney plus but another thing that's going to be coming to streaming is a brand new hulu original from marvel which is going to be starring modok now, Kristen, are you familiar with Modoc? I am not. Okay. So Modoc is one of the leaders of AIM, the organization that was introduced in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in Iron Man 3, right? That came out with the Extremis. Okay. So that was AIM who came into that. The leader is Modoc. And the Modoc killer uh, character is actually going to play by Patton, uh, be played or voiced by Patton Oswald. 
Oh, it's Remy. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, basically, here's the, here's the description here. The mental organism designed only for killing, that's MODOK, right? They always have the most interesting uh, names and acronyms there, is set to reveal, I mean, uh, was revealed there at New York Comic Con. And basically, after years of setbacks and failures fighting Earth's mightiest heroes, the Avengers, MODOK has run his evil organization AIM into the ground. Ousted as AIM's leader while also dealing with his crumbling marriage and family life, MODOK is set to confront his greatest challenge yet, a midlife crisis. So there you have it. So, um, of course, the voice are, the voices in there include Oswald. Oswald is in there. Ben Schwartz, who plays Modoc's son, Lou. Uh, Melissa Fermo as Modoc's daughter, Melissa. And Amy Garcia, who plays Modoc's wife, Jody. And co-creator Jordan Blum is also taking part in voicing in this series, uh, voicing characters. And it's made by the same people that make... Um, um, Oh, well, what is that uh, animated uh, adult swim? Uh, adult chicken. Um, uh, robot, robot chicken. chicken adult chicken. <laughs> robot chicken. So uh, be on the lookout for that. I think the last thing that we're going to be talking about here before we get into our list is Mandalorian season two will, uh, I guess, a sneak peek will be airing during Monday night football and uh, they're well on their way. I cannot wait. It's going to be happening. So be on the lookout. Bet- uh, bef- between now and the uh, the end of the month, because we only have a couple more weeks before the Mandalorian season two hits Disney plus. So be sure to check that out Monday night football with some exclusive footage on that. I uh, cannot wait for Mandalorian. And I guess the next thing is John Favreau confirms Mandalorian is scheduled to film its third season later this year. And he's open to doing a movie. Imagine that. that. Cool. Well, if there's anything that can be said about that, uh, is that the Mandalorian is cinematic in scope. So I cannot wait to check that out. Oh, and I have this last bit of news too. Disney plus is bringing together some of the brightest stars in the star Wars galaxy for an ultimate holiday family reunion, oh my. the Lego star Wars holiday special. So <laughs> not Lego star Wars. I know Lego star Wars, right? Uh, franchise stars will be, Re, uh, reprising their roles, including Kelly Marie Tran as Rose Tico, Billy D. Williams as Lando. Hello, what do we have here? Lando Calrissian, Anthony Daniels as C-3PO, as well as Star Wars Clone Wars vets like Matt Lanter, who played Anakin Skywalker, Tom Kane, Yoda, and Qui-Gon Jinn, and the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi, James Arnold Taylor, and Dee Bradley Baker as the voice of the Clone Troopers. So (laughs) Star Wars holiday special reunites Ray, Finn, Poe, Chewie, Rose, and the droids for a joyous feast on life day. Oh my God. As Ray sets off on her new adventure with BB-8 to gain a deeper knowledge of the force as a mysterious Jedi temple, she's hurled into a cross timeline adventure where beloved moments in Star Wars cinematic history come into contact with Luke, Darth Vader, Yoda, Obi-Wan, and many, many more. It's life day. So are you familiar with the original Star Wars holiday special, Kristen? I am not. I've I've heard about it, but uh, no, I am not. Okay. It's interesting, to say the least. That's um, what I've heard. Yeah. It's interesting, to say the least. It, it is an interesting piece of, of business, for sure. But be sure to check that out as it comes to us this holiday season. I cannot wait to check that out, along with the rest of our very special holiday watching of movies. <laughs> So uh, anyway, Kristen, we've got the Disney villains. We've got 10 of them in no particular order. That's coming up next. 
All right. The Disney list top 10. Kristen, we have 10 villains in no particular order. Is there a particular reason why you listed some of these? I know I had to add one myself. Is there a particular rhyme or reason on this list? Um, I started out with part of it being ones that I really like that are my favorites, followed by how villainous they truly are. <laughs> okay. So... And this is in no order because I could have ranked some of these, but we didn't. And I guess later on we'll give our, and these are animated villains, by the way, these are not live action villains and it could have been Pixar. It could have been another Walt Disney animation classic or, or new generation of animated classics, but it's an interesting list. I like a list personally. I, I, I'm a big Disney villains fan. I know not as big as Kristen. She's a huge Disney villains fan. I'm more I of a always hero like. <laughs> you always lean toward the dark side. <laughs> you're wearing you're wearing a dark side shirt, a Disney I villain am. shirt now. I have on the Evil Queen. Yeah, very nice, very nice. So, shall we? In no particular order, shall we just talk about our favorite ten? Yes. Okay. How about this? Magic mirror on the wall. Who now is the fairest one of all? Over the seven jewel hills, beyond the seventh fall, in the cottage of the seven dwarves, well, Snow White, fairest one of all. Snow White lies dead in the forest. The huntsman has brought me proof. Behold her heart. Oh, that evil, that evil queen. Why do you like her so much? She's just fun. <laughs> you scare She's the kids just, at work with that. With that oh, they up, loved you? it. They loved it last year when I dressed up as her. And they they all wanted me to dress up the next day as another Disney villain. I was like, but tomorrow is no longer Halloween. Like I am not <laughs> I am not coming to pick you up at school dressed as Maleficent or any other Disney villain tomorrow. You just get the evil queen today. Just get evil. But I get I get into the whole character thing. Like the entire day, I I talk to the kids like, you know, like I'm the evil queen. And they think it's fun. They get a kick out of it. Well, there's nothing like the first, the first time and the first Disney villain there. And the evil queen, definitely. And also fun fun at the parks too. If you happen to do any of the the character meet and greets in the future, or if you've done them in the past. Right where you actually get to interact with the Disney villains, especially during the Halloween party, which is always a lot. Of she never disappoints. She's always on point. There you go. There's one of them. How about this one? I also like this one. For Why? It's Maleficent. What does she want here? Shh. Well, quite a glittering assemblage, King Stephen. Royalty, nobility, the gentry, and. <laughs> how quaint even the rabble she's she's better like maleficent is just great as she, she turns into a crazy dragon well she knows how to make an entrance for one she has that ghoulish face she's got the perfect sidekick the, the she's got Everything an evil villain should have, which is she's got the appropriate accessory. She's got the, the wand staff, the magic staff, which uh -huh. is awesome. Then she has the, the raven that comes down. 
with her that sits on the staff. And then it's just her. She's got the whole black robe. She's got the crazy horns. She's got the green face. She just looks evil. So, and that accent, I mean, she, she looks down on everyone as peons, like a true villainess. She, the actress who voiced her has such a great villain voice too. You know, I mean, you just, it's just a big villain voice and that plays a, I think a huge part in how you feel about the villain, you know, the, the tone of their voice. I mean, as much as I like to uh, get dressed up and pretend I'm a villain, (laughs) I don't have a very good voice to ever be a villain in a movie. (laughs) Voiced by Eleanor Audley. I just want to make sure I say that right. But right. Just quintessential Disney villain. And I think she ultimately becomes the blueprint for all other Disney, you know, evil queen was first, but then you have Maleficent and there you go. And people love her so much. They gave her a live action film and Angelina Jolie, I will say does a really good job at playing her and sounding like her. So kudos to that. I know this one in particular has a very, very (laughs) soft spot uh, spot in your heart. Name is Hades, Lord of the Dead. Hi, how you doing? Uh, not now, okay? Hey, hey, I only need a few seconds, and I'm a fast talker, all right? See, I've got this major deal in the works, a real estate venture, if you will. And Herc, your little W, may I call you Herc? You seem to be constantly getting in the way. You've okay? got the wrong guy. Hear me out. Hear me out, okay? So I would be eternally grateful if you would just take a day off from this hero business of yours. Jeez, I mean, monster, natural disasters. Stay away today. You're out of your mind. Not so fast, because you see, I do have a little leverage you might want to know about. How can you not like Hades? Voiced by James Woods. James Woods, that that voice that you cannot miss, you cannot miss, just, it just sounds amazing. And a little bit like a used car salesman. I think he always sounds that way. Just, I mean, I just think that's, that's James Woods. He always sounds like he's trying to sell you something. A little, little shasty, a little shasty. And I don't sure. mean that in a bad way. I'm just saying it's just his <laughs> It's a delivery. Voice, the way he, like, maybe it's just his cadence or something that just seems that way, always seems that way to me. James Woods, a little voice the character wonderfully. And I am a big fan of the movie Hercules because of James Woods and he just a great villain all the way around and definitely one who loves working in the shadows and is drawn amazingly as well. I mean, that is just, I never thought that Hades would have a, uh, the, the blue flamey hair. You know, when I, when I, when I think of Hades before this, I always think of, of course, the, the books that you read on Greek mythology, you remember Hercules, the, the, the TV show that had, um, oh shoot that, uh, the T- Kevin Sorbo was on, you know, they had Hades in there and of course the Greek gods, but then you have this, and this is kind of now what people have in mind when they think of Hades, especially if you're listening to this show, you listen, you think about Hades, you automatically think of Hades blue with the blue hair uh-huh. and the, uh, the blue flamey hair. So pretty awesome. And you see, I this like, is almost a Kristen episode because all of these, you, you have a, an affinity for all these. I think it's interesting that they painted him blue because I think a lot of people automatically, when they think of the underworld, the color is red and it's cool that they did him blue because blue burned hotter than red. So I think it's really, it's cool that when they created him, 
they didn't do what most people might think as a color for Haiti. Yeah. And it's interesting because during that era, the second wave of Disney great films, the second renaissance of Disney films, when you think of a blue character, I think of Jeannie. And and the, these films, Aladdin and Hercules, were not very far apart, just a few years apart, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. it is an interesting choice because you think of a, a blue animated character now for Disney films, and I automatically think of Jeannie, but you know, it was an interesting choice to make Hades that very same color. So how about this? This little lady here, <laughs> which is also very funny. <laughs> Who's been painting my roses red? Who's been painting my roses red? Who dares to paint the vulgar paint, the royal flower bed? So she's mean. Yes, she's the queen very mean. Of hearts is very mean. Uh, so why do we like her so much? Um, well, she she is that great Disney animated villain embodiment in her words, actions, and looks. So I have, I just have one phrase to say about it. Okay. Off with their heads. This is true. She's very violent. She wants to kill people. She wants to decapitate people. I mean, seriously, how is, how does that not make you a good villain? No, there's a lot of, there's a lot of violence implied there. <laughs> not just implied there, but uh, queen of hearts. Voiced by a wonderful actress, um, Verna Felton. And she had not, well, of course, she was known for that, but for voicing the uh, the Queen of Hearts. But also, she had roles in Lady and the Tramp as well, in Cinderella. Yeah. So she, she had a great uh, life there working with Disney on and off for many years. And I like that. Queen of Hearts was also drawn kind of like her because Queen of Hearts, you can tell she's she's a short character. And Verna was a short actress at five foot two. So oh, there you go. I think that's I think that's cool when Disney does that, kind of takes a little bit of the actual people and uses animate them. them. Yeah. Animate certain aspects of them. They they certainly did. She also played Flora in Sleeping Beauty, and she played um Mrs. Jumbo. In Dumbo, the fairy godmother in Cinderella, and she was Aunt, Aunt Sarah, Sarah in Lady in the Tramp and Winifred in the Jungle Book. So, wow. Important part of her career was doing voice work, of course, for Disney. She died December 14th, 1966, the day before Walt Disney passed. That's crazy. Wow. That is absolutely amazing. This next gentleman. So Keith David voiced one of our favorite new villains, Dr. Facilier from Disney's Princess and the Frog. The Shadow Man. The Shadow Man. And he was great. He, I believe he was also a D23 performing um, song as well for that, which was amazing. So he's done a lot, a lot of films, a lot of voices over the time, over his career. And, um, 
yeah, man, what else can we say? He is great because not only is he Sly the Shadow Man, but he was also based on two Disney villains initially. Do you, do you remember what Disney villains he, uh, Dr. Facilier was actually modeled after? I do not. Cruella DeVille is one, and I believe Maleficent is the other. Oh, uh, yeah, I remember that Maleficent. So yeah. very, very good stuff there. And what a great voice. I think you have to have that, not only the look, but the voice. The voice means everything in a Disney film, you know? Uh, and I think also in this case to form a, I don't know, just a, a really just amazing villain. You got to have well, that, that voice. And you've got... Memorable villain. I mean, and, you know, he's all into to voodoo and that stuff that's based in real life, you know? I mean, that's that's a thing down in, in New Orleans. And anybody who's watched anything like The Skeleton Key knows that that can be... To me, that's one of the cr- creepy things. Like, when I watch something like that, all of the the voodoo and stuff like that's something you don't want to mess with, you know? <laughs> and so he's, no. that's why he's such a good villain. He's just, the nature of his character is creepy. He definitely wanted to tempt Tiana. And that's the whole thing. These villains, they like to tempt people and take their souls or take, take their gift or whatever the case is. And uh, yeah, definitely uh, Keith did that. Keith David definitely did that for Dr. Facilier for sure. So another wonderfully voiced Disney character, Ken Page, Oogie Boogie, and uh, born in St. Louis, Missouri. He was known, of course, for his voice work. He worked as an actor with All Dogs Go to Heaven, Dream Girls. He also, of course, did the voice of Oogie Boogie that you heard there for Nightmare Before Christmas. Man, he's done a lot, a lot of um, Oogie video Boogie game is just, he's just a creepy character. I mean, he's a sack of something that you split open and then all of a sudden all the worms and creepy crawlies crawl out of. Uh-huh. Yuck. Gross. Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. You're like, ah. And uh, yeah. So once again, amazing voice, amazing actor, Oogie Boogie. What did Oogie Boogie do in a previous life? What was Oogie Boogie in a previous life? Other than just being Oogie Boogie. Was he always Oogie Boogie, you think? No, I think think every character was something before they became part of Halloween Town. But I think what happens is... They're based on how they died. Yes. Interesting, right? Yeah, especially when you think of Sally. So what do you think, Oogie Boogie? You know, he's kind of like a like a, a gunny sack. <laughs> it's just like a sack of potatoes, right? What do you well, I don't know. He's rotten. He is rotten to the core, that is for sure. There is no doubt about that. No you talk about style you talk about villainy you talk about 
the depths of the ocean, you have to talk about Ursula. Yes. And she there definitely is probably on my Mount Rushmore of Disney villains, right? You knew I was going to say something about the Mount Rushmore. I always do. She is memorable. She is conniving, dastardly, wicked, and once again, tempts the heroine this time out with her thoughts of winning true love, aspiring to be a human, meeting Prince Eric, and all of a sudden, well, I can help you do that. It's going to cost you, though. It's going to cost you. And guys, they don't need a woman anyway that speaks her mind. They just want a, a woman to be quiet. That's exactly what Ursula said in the song, which is a horrible thing to say these days. But hey, like this is before political correctness, everyone. So. No, no kidding. So what do you think about Ursula? What a great name, too, by the way. I'm drawing a blank on her name. It's Pat. What are you talking about? Are you talking about the the voice, the voiceover actress that did? Yes. Right. So that is actually Pat Carroll. Thank you, Carol. That's what I was trying to think of her last name. <laughs> I was like, it's Pat, and I know I it's in I was going to get. I was going to get there, but what I what I wanted to ask you is, uh, why do we like Ursula so much, Kristen? Because she, if if a character were to enter a room, she would have everyone's head turn because she is bombastic. She's styling crazy she's got swag everything you'd want out of a a charismatic person a larger than life personality and voice a large definitely larger than life for sure yep we like absolutely and that laugh can i tell you there is probably no other villainous laugh that is as memorable as pat carroll voicing ursula that that laugh is just despicable it's totally evil um, but there's something charming about Ursula. Not only that, but you know, a clear, clearly she wears some type of waterproof mascara because uh, her makeup does not run down there under the sea. That blue eyeshadow is amazing. <laughs> she must shop at Urban Decay. Must be. Well, well that <laughs> would suit her, right? <laughs> that, would, that would suit her, right? Anyway, no, that's just amazing stuff for sure. Oh, man, we're getting close to re- running this, uh, this list down. I, I tell you. Um, this is another guy uh, charming to the end to a certain degree, to a certain point of view. Hello, Belle. Bonjour, Gaston. Gaston, may I have my book, please? How can you read this? There's no pictures. Well, some people use their imagination. Belle, it's about time you got your head out of those books and paid attention to more important things, like me. The whole town's talking about it. It's not right for a woman to read. Soon she starts getting ideas and thinking. I knew you were going to finish that quote. Sorry. So why do we <laughs> why do we like Gaston on this? List? Um, he's the handsome villain. Most villains are not. Are <laughs> the not, handsome villain are not beautiful. They're meant to be hideous, and they're outside to match their inside. Well, but Gaston is. He's so self-centered that he thinks the entire world revolves around him. Mm-hmm. For sure. And because he can't one bell and he, then he goes after the beast and tries to kill the beast. So it's, he's just, it's like, if, if I can't have this, then no one can. Yeah. Richard White, White Richard, why can't even, I can't even read Richard, Richard White. White was born uh, in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, he's an Oak Ridge boy. 
He's a fellow volunteer, August 4th of 1953, known for, of course, voicing Gaston in all the Disney projects. So he's, he's great. I think the thing about Gaston is the fact that he is that kind of that bad jock, right? That, that stereotypical muscle bound guy that thinks he is every woman's dream, especially when he has his, his uh, little buddy LeFou there doing all of his dirty work, fetching him, <laughs> fetching him stuff. Right. But that is the, the counterpoint to the beast. The beast was a good looking dude before he got transformed into this hideous he beast. Though? Was he really? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm a dude talking about this. I mean, you, right? So I, I don't think prince, he was a pretty prince. <laughs> the prince was supposed to be, supposed to be a good looking prince. And then you had Gaston. So the prince uh, got turned into the beast. The counterpoint to that would be Gaston. He's the real beast, but he doesn't look it from the outside. But once again, Belle, never judge a book by its cover. Gaston is a true beast. Absolutely. What is the word to describe Gaston? Primeval. Primeval. I was waiting. It was taking me a second. <laughs> but give me a second. My yeah. brain was thinking slow. Man, you know what sucked is watching Gaston shoot that arrow into Beast. Not good. Not good, buddy. And then you felt but he survived. He survived. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. We know he survives. <laughs> Either that or Bell ends up marrying a a ghost prince. That, that's it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm talking about Gaston. Gaston. Oh, Gaston. Yes, Gaston we assume, falls to a fire. We assume pit, Gaston dies. Yes, it's kind of like the Emperor dying in Star in Star Wars: uh, Return of the Jedi. Is he See, really for, dead? Exactly. He's really dead. For all we know, he could come back. For all you know, he could. For sure. And maybe he looks hideous now. Maybe. Maybe he's a hideous, monstrous beast. Speaking of hideous monsters. Things are unraveling fast now, boy. <laughs> the end of this. Face it, Jafar. You're still just second best. You're right. His power does exceed my own. But not for long. The boy is crazy. He's a little punch drunk. One too many hits with a snake. Slave. I make my third wish. I wish to be an uh, mistake. That was your mistake. Jafar is also in my Mount Rushmore of Disney villains because he is a he is no bueno. He is definitely no bueno. He wants all the power in the world. He's backstabbing, conniving. He's like that boss at work you just don't like that you definitely want to you know steer clear the other way when going down the hallway not only does he give you the stink eye <laughs> he just he's just shady as i'll get out jafar you don't want to trust him no and the fact that he was the sultan's right hand man not good not good jafar he's just good yep and uh once again just brilliant brilliantly animated brilliantly voiced by jonathan freeman also Ohio native. He's a Buckeye, just like you, Kristen. And he's done a lot of work, of course, voiceovers, uh, working in film and all kinds of different uh, things. And also video an actor, yeah. uh, video games, actor in his own right, working. Uh, he's done some bit parts there uh, in Law and & Order and the producers and doing a bunch of different things, but mostly Disney, mostly Disney. But 
brilliantly voiced. Um, what is what is what else is there about uh, Jafar that we like to hate? Because there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot in there. He d- he's creepy looking. He's creepy looking. Yeah, he's the guy that if you saw him, you'd go to the other side of the street. Well, once again, this is another he thing, just looks right? Like, ew. Well, there's another thing about Jafar. Also, awesome evil staff. That's like the Disney villains the bird. 101. And then you also have Iago. And we all know Iago Gilbert Gottfried, once again, crazy <laughs> sidekick, very mouthy. And you got to have it. You got to have this crazy mouthy sidekick. Like Gaston had LeFou, who was obviously the fool. You have Gilbert Gottfried, who's the obnoxious, obnoxious sidekick for Jafar. So you got to have an obnoxious sidekick or some kind of goofy sidekick, animal or human. And then you have to have the villain staff weapon, which is the snake charm. So crazy, crazy stuff here. Kristen, can you believe it? We're here at this venture. Number one. We had another Which, villain. Really, it's not really. It's number. not really number one, but these were in no particular order. Or we're at number ten. We're at number. However you want to put it. But we have somebody that made it off the list, and I scooted him off the list, not because he didn't deserve to be on it, but just because this one was better. So, do you want to talk about who who was on our? Who you kicked off? Who I kicked off the list? You kicked off Lotso. Lotso Hugging Bear. Lotso Hugging Bear. He too. He's you know the mafioso guy. He mm-hmm. is the head of the uh, all the toys over there at the uh, Sunnydale and he's an evil dude. Mm-hmm. You got to kiss the ring because he's the godfather. Uh, no bueno dude. No bueno. But we do have this guy. This guy right here speaking of godfather, he is also a very very bad man. Life's not fair, is it? You see I well I shall never be king. <laughs> You shall never see the light of another day. <laughs> and you. Didn't your mother ever tell you not to play with your food? What do you want? I'm here to announce that King Mufasa's on his way. So you'd better have a good excuse for missing the ceremony this morning. Now, looks as though you made me lose my lunch. Ha! You'll lose more than that when the king gets through with you. He's as mad as a hippo with a hernia. I quiver with fear. Now, Scar, don't look at me that way. You gotta be some kind of evil to not only plan to kill your own brother. I mean, you gotta, I mean, that's some Cain and Abel biblical stuff, right? Is it not? True, true. I mean, and the way he does it, hmm, cold, cold hearted, Scar. And I think he really tops the list because you gotta, uh, first of all, he could care less. He's a cat. He just lays down. Simba's just He's a lazy just, cat at that. Yeah, he just, you know, jumps. Simba jumps all over him and think he's joking around. Hey, look, Uncle Scar is no laughing joke. He is plotting to kill your daddy. He is planning to kill Mufasa. And then when that finally happens and he lets go of Mufasa in probably the most uh, heartbreaking scene of all of Disney cinematic history next to the first 10 minutes of Up, there you have it. The deed is done. And the... Uh, and then Simba goes off into the wild being shunned because he blames himself. And uh, un- Uncle Uncle Scar just sits back and goes, yep, I'm going to take over. I'm going to take over with all these hyenas. No bueno. He's a bad man, Kristen. He's a bad man. And how come these British voices, they all sound so evil? I don't know. They, they really did a, a great job casting the legendary Jeremy Irons to voice Scar and what what else can we say? He's legendary. 
He's been in everything. He was in. Uh, he was probably one of the best parts of Batman versus Superman as Alfred, hmm. <laughs> right? Uh, he was in so many other films. I mean, he was. He even was in the Sim- Simpsons. But he was in Law and Order SVU. He uh, he played all these great English villains and and things of that nature throughout time. Um, I don't know what can be said. He's he's got. So many different uh, movies that he's played a part of over the um, Jeremy Irons, truly, truly amazing as the voice of Scar. And that's about it, really. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, that is a pretty big list, and there's a lot more. I know that uh, I was thinking about also putting in King Candy in there. There's so many. I don't know. There's just so many, so many Disney villains, Kristen. Too little time. Having said that, we are out of time. Kristen, where can people reach you? At diningatdisney.com. You can find me on social media, all your favorite places, Dining at Disney. And then make sure you go to Anchor and check out the Dining at Disney podcast. This coming week, we will have our happy hour show and our usual cast will be there. And we're going to be talking about our favorite places at downtown Disney and Disneyland, as well as Disney Springs and Walt Disney World. Thank you so much. You can also check me out on Instagram, AljonGo, and check out our other podcast, our other sister podcast. If one dining at Disney was not enough, the Disney list was not enough, get more Disney fun and action by checking out the podcast, Skull Rock Podcast, with Dave Bossert, a Disney animator, as well as overall nice guy and author. Uh, his book is out there too. I'll promote that, plug that, 3D Disneyland. You can please check us out there at skullrockpodcast.com and all your podcast platforms. Uh, we also had a, a Mark Waters, Disney uh, composer, uh, Star Wars in concert conductor, uh, amazing Emmy Award winners, a guest on this show uh, for Skull Rock Podcast. So be sure to check that out. We'd also like to thank all of you for tuning in as well as our podcast friends on the interwebs. Yeah, make sure you check out WDW Park Hoppers, uh, Park Hopper Sid, Park Harper John, talk about all things Walt Disney World, and make sure you catch Disney Parks Podcast. I was a guest, the guest host for uh, filling in for John on hanging out with Tony. So that was a fun show, Kristen. Good job. It was, it was fun. I enjoyed it. So please check them out. All of our great source of radio DJs are broadcasting for you. Check out our radio partner, Source of Radio at srsounds.com. All Disney music all day long at srsounds.com. <laughs> you know what? I'm starting to think I need to re-record this because uh, I always get the little Star Tours chime in there. And I'm like, it always trips me out. It's like, is my phone ringing? <laughs> is my phone ringing? Ah. It's not. But yes, definitely check out all the hosted shows there at Sorcerer Radio at srsounds.com. I also like to send a shout out to our Discord there on the SR Discord, Sorcerer Radio Discord and the Source of Radio Disney Fun Zone. Man, just check us out. And we appreciate you uh, tuning in every single week to the Disney list. Till next time, I'm Al John. And I'm Kristen. And we'll, we'll see, see you real, real soon. soon. This podcast was not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or its holdings and is intended for entertainment purposes.